Hello, and welcome to the Workforce Insights with Employ Milwaukee podcast. I'm Shaitania Brown, your host, president, and CEO of Employ Milwaukee, the local workforce investment board serving Milwaukee County. As we move forward in this most unusual year of 2020, optimism and hope are the call of the day relative to income generation and preservation. And what better way to explore employment support service than to get a bird's eye view from inside the Workforce Investment Board Employ Milwaukee. I am delighted to be joined by a few special guests who helped to make Employ Milwaukee a value resource for job seekers and employers. Ms. Tony White is Employ Milwaukee's Director of Programs. I have Mr. Jose Galvan. He's the Business Services Manager for Employ Milwaukee. And Wilbur Holloway, he's our program specialist, our re-entry guru, we like to call him, for Employ Milwaukee. In today's episode, we'll be discussing Employ Milwaukee's programs and the various opportunities for job seekers and employers. Welcome, Tony, Jose, and Wilbur. I'm glad that you guys are taking the time to sit down and have a chat with me at our Workforce Insights podcast. So, Tony, I'm calling you out first. As a director of programs, please tell our audience, give our audience an overview of the programs that you oversee. So as the director of programs, we have specific programs, workforce development programs that we administer or that we oversee. We target adults that are underemployed, unemployed, laid off. Um, We have programs for young people from the age of 14 to 21 for in-school youth, for the ages of 16 to 24 for those that are out of school. Um, We have various programs designed to help individuals obtain many things from their high school equivalency diploma, occupational skills training, as well as helping them find employment after they have acquired some additional skills to increase their employability. Our programs are designed to address some of the barriers individuals may have, as well as to help them progress and gain skills so they can become gainfully employed and ultimately become self-sufficient. Um, we, are, we are here to help support them and provide supportive services as well as education and training opportunities. So tell me, Tony, um, we've been all in this together. How has the COVID-19 affected service delivery for the programs that you oversee? COVID-19 has has been challenging for many individuals. However, it has been, it been beneficial for some other individuals. So it really has allowed us to become in, innovative as to how we offer workforce development programs. It has definitely uh, um, increased the number of virtual opportunities for all of the populations that I previously mentioned. Um, It has its challenges because technology is not something that every individual may have access to. However, because of that, it has allowed us to be able to look at how do we get greater use of technology? How do we train individuals on how to utilize technology? And then how do we ensure that when we're developing programs that we now are inclusive of technology and its methodology in administering programs for all of the people who need it. Um, We do have to still look at the access and figure out how do we create solutions for that. So it has allowed us to be 
more innovative in the utilization of technology, but also continue to address the barriers that might come up because of technology. Right. And just thinking about, so under normal circumstances, people know us for our partnership with the city of Milwaukee mayor's office, the earn and learn program. And on a, a, Previous summers, we've had anywhere between 1,000 to 1,200 young people that go through the community work experience portion of Earn and Learn. But this summer, due to circumstances around the uh, COVID-19, that number was reduced significantly to approximately 500 students, which still, um, I commend the team for being able to pull that off. What adjustments to recruitment, our partnership participation, service delivery did you guys have to do in order to pull something off like that in the midst of um, this pandemic and and the the potential for the COVID? There were um, many adjustments that needed to be made, but one of the major ones was in our recruitment process. Typically, we recruit students or uh, inform students about the opportunities through our public school system. Well, the school system, you know, many students were home because they were not able to attend school. So we had to actually change from the MPS system being our recruitment strategy to um, actually our partners in the community, community work experience sites, community-based organizations, community agencies that are familiar with um, the Earn and Learn program. So we utilize them because many of the young people We're going to those locations either to eat or to get additional services because now what's not available through MPS has to be given in the essential functions of what was going on throughout the city, be it food banks, um, just different opportunities where young people may show up, um, meals, hot meals, um, because they're used to eating, you know, during during the day at school. So we used a lot of our community-based organizations to help us promote recruit and actually help apply, help the young people change from that face-to-face application process to a completely online and virtual process um, in order to even apply for the summer youth employment program. And just thinking about, um, you know, while as an agency, we went um, remote from day one, March 16th on, we've been remoting and slowly are phasing back in some employees to address uh, still being able to be there for our, our stakeholders, whether they be the job seekers, the employers or our partners. Just thinking about um, the fact that we're still doing service delivery and making our programming available. What's the best way for a job seeker to be able to take advantage of some of uh, Employment Milwaukee's offerings? I think um, one, it is for us to continue to m- promote our website. Um, I, I, do, I, I advise my staff, I advise our partner staff to continue to utilize websites by which individuals can just put simply just basic contact information into and be able to be reached. Of course, we use the appropriate um, social media outlets we've been using you know, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, to get the information out, but make it, and we've been trying really hard to make it simple for someone to reach a person, contact a person. Um, The utilization of phones, cell phones, text messaging, all of these different ways are different ways by which we want to make sure someone gets connected to those services. It has its challenges because you may have someone who needs services who don't have a phone or have data plans that 
you know, have um, limitations to them, but we will continue to strive to do what we can to still use our regular methodologies, flyers, radio ads, social media, um, and just really just making sure people are connected through our websites. What would you say personally has been the biggest adjustment that you've had to make um, with overseeing the programs during this pandemic? I think the biggest adjustment that I needed to make was not being able to talk to your staff face-to-face. It's a lot that goes on as far as the activities at various times, depending upon the programs and when they're active or most active. And sometimes you have to make decisions on the fly. If the only way you have is email and maybe phone calls, it kind of can delay something a little bit longer than what you anticipate for somebody to respond back to you. And then the virtual world is good, but when you're in a virtual world all day, every day, that can be a little overwhelming. So I really do try to just check in on people to make sure their mental health is still good, making sure that they're in a space that they feel comfortable. And then if if now that we're in a different phase of it, trying to integrate people in and out so they can at least have some human contact um, because we are familiar with that. So that's my biggest challenge, but I, I, I work through it just like everybody else. Oh, absolutely. I think that's that's something we cannot forget while we're here to serve the community. It's also making sure we're taking care of ourselves. Um, I'm going to turn the questioning over to Jose Galvan. So, hey, Jose, so as our business services manager, please share with our listeners an overview of our business services unit and what it's all about. The business services department is engaging employers and job seekers to see how we connect them in a way that that aligns them to meet the needs of each other. Um, Our employers are still looking for, you know, positions to fill. And we have people looking for positions to go into, to maybe get a new job, to get a better job. Our, our focus is to make those alignments happen, those connections happen. Uh, we focus primarily, first and foremost, on engaging our, our business owners, our, our contacts face-to-face. Obviously, with COVID and the virtual reality now, a lot of it is by phone and video conferencing. But our primary focus is to understand what they're looking for as, as an industry and a potential employee. And then we take all that information and bring that back to our partners within the organization and our community-based partners and share that information to tell them this is what this type of industry is looking for, these certifications, and these are the best tools that we need to be able to provide our individuals so that they have the best um, success rate of, to find a meaningful career, not just a job. So, Jose, just given the, the pandemic and everything um, that's been happening around that, have you noticed any type of decline or increase in employers' appetite for onboarding workers during this time? It's not so much a decrease or, or lack of appetite. It's first and foremost trying to understand how to navigate the new normal. Um, and one of the things that we try to do with employers is help them make sure and understand that they're not alone in this. Um, And we are a resource to them to help them connect with employees or potential employees. Um, A lot of employers um, are still looking for workers and they're looking for ways to connect with them in a way that maybe they haven't considered in the past. Um, The Zoom meeting, a virtual job fair, a drive-through job fair, a lot more direct, direct contact is happening between 
my team and employers, and they're always coming to us, well, what about this? What about that? And we always come back with a couple of options and a couple of solutions. So the appetite is still there. Obviously, in certain industries, it's more of a wait and see. Um, hospitality, retail is a good example. Unfortunately, that industry has been so hard hit. Um, but it's a perfect industry that provides a lot of the essential skills that maybe individuals thought they didn't have um, that they can apply to other sectors. Healthcare is the perfect example. Anyone that's in the hospitality retail, um, they're thinking it's customer service, customer service, customer service. In healthcare, that's number one, customer service. And any individual that has customer service experience and wants to help and serve people, there are a lot of opportunities in the healthcare field, and as well as some of the manufacturing sectors, dealing with logistics and transportation. So tell me, what advice would you give job seekers who's looking for employment at this time? We know that um, the additional uh, $600 that individuals who were laid off was receiving has um, since expired and still waiting on uh, federal legislation to determine whether or not that's going to continue or continue in some form. So what advice would you give individuals who have no other choice but to go out and seek employment? Number one is they need to take advantage of the current situation, unfortunately. And what I mean by that is now is a perfect opportunity, perfect time to look into that training program that maybe can help them elevate their employability status. Um, as, as Ms. White mentioned earlier, Employment Milwaukee partners with a lot of local organizations that do a lot of meaningful trainings that a lot of industry finds of value and of use. So individuals right now have this opportunity to maybe engage in some of these training programs that they didn't have time to because they work in two or three jobs. Now they have the time for it. And we're not talking like a year-long program. We're talking six to eight-week programs. In addition to that, though, um, this is also an opportunity for a lot of those individuals to practice their elevator speech. <laughs> uh, that's something that a lot of people don't take, they take, they take it for granted. They, they get on the phone and they get that first ask, that first question, tell me about yourself, and they stumble around with it. This is a perfect opportunity for them to start practicing those questions and those answers. On Wisconsin, jobcenterwisconsin.com, um, a lot of those resources are available. There's a lot of free resources available on the internet as well that you can practice. Um, we as an organization are looking for ways of maybe offering online sessions as well for any individual that maybe doesn't have computer access they can come here or to another location. Those are just some of the things. But first and foremost, take this opportunity to explore new technologies, practice with them, play with them, get comfortable with them as much as you can. Thank you, Jose. Turning the questioning over to Mr. Holloway. Wilbur, can you tell us what is reentry as it relates to what Employ Milwaukee has to offer? Sure. Um, for reentry, what we do here at Employment Milwaukee is we work with individuals that are currently inside of correctional institutions that are re- returning back into the community. But we also work with individuals that are in the community that may be on some type of supervision, whether it be um, state um, or federal probation. And so what we do is we work with them and connect them with services. Uh, but prior to that, I'm, I'm going to talk about what um, Employment Milwaukee's footprint is in the reentry space. Um, so Employment Milwaukee have received a, a community impact grant from um, the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Um, and the intent is to improve life outcomes and reduce, reduce recidivism for those returning citizens. 
by establishing a better coordinated reentry system. So this, this program, we're working with the researcher to be able to determine um, how the, the individual um, connects with services and how those services are, are helpful or not. But then we're also working with that, that researcher to determine from the, the reentry landscape of the providers that are providing services and how well we do that as a, a system as a whole. Uh, one of the other things that Employee Milwaukee is engaged in is called the Milwaukee Reentry Network, uh, which is co-chaired by Employee Milwaukee and the Department of Corrections Administration. And, and the Milwaukee Reentry Network um, is, is serving as a single point of employment and job readiness resources in Milwaukee County for individuals um, with a criminal background. So what we try to do is we, we collaborate with with uh, uh, a, a lot of providers um, that are doing some of the same things. And we have those conversations about uh, what job readiness looks like, what employment looks like, um, piggybacking off of some of the things that uh, Jose talked about in terms of employer engagement. And then lastly, we, we are also a part of what's called the Milwaukee Reentry Council, which is a subcommittee of the Milwaukee um, Com- Community Justice Council. Uh, which focuses on promoting safe and successful reintegration of those individuals back into the community uh, while reducing recidivism by 50% within the next five years. So uh, our, our platform is is huge. Um, and then I'd like to drill down the, the specific programs that Employee Milwaukee has. Um, and first is called the Motivated to Apprenticeship Pathways Program. And what that program is, is a program that we receive funding for to work with individuals 18 through 24 who've been involved with the criminal justice system, whether now or previously. And what I mean by that, uh, someone now, they're they're currently um, coming home from incarceration or they're currently on supervision. Previously could have been, um, as long as they're within that age range, they could have, um, they could be 22 now and was locked up at 16 years old uh, for a specific offense. So 18 through 24, been involved in the criminal justice system, whether now or previously, as long as it's not a sex offense, and then they have to live in a specific zip code, but there's 17 zip codes that we target. Um, and we provide a ton of services. They get case management. Um, if they need to go back to school, we assist them with that. We assist them with employment. Um, this is one of our, our, our programs that, that has a lot of perks. And one of the biggest perks that we have is that um, not only do we get them into training, but we pay them up to a certain amount of time to go to training. So the cool part about it, the way that we promote it is that they get a free training and they get paid to go to that free training. But these trainings are trainings that are, are um, they are able to get industry recognized credentials out of. Um, there's also driver's license recovery um, included in that, that service uh, menu for the, uh, the MAP program. So that program we're currently recruiting right now uh, for individuals that, that are hearing this. Uh, we're, we're looking to recruit until about September 15th. One of the uh, other programs that we have is called Windows to Work, and this is where we're working with individuals that are currently at, at two um, Department of Correction institutions. Uh, one is Racine uh, Correctional, and then the other one is Milwaukee Secure Detention Facility. And those individuals, um, based on their eligibility, they're able to um, engage in a program in the pre-release component, which means that they're still incarcerated up to six to nine months. They're able to, to get into some of our pre-release employment. And then that person that's working with them in pre-release while they're still incarcerated will work with them 12 months post-release with employment services to, to get them engaged in, in, in employment, also training, and then any other supportive services that they need. Um, we also have a program at the House of Corrections uh, where we're working with individuals that are currently uh, housed at the House of Corrections for a short amount of time and be re- reintegrating back into the community within um, nine, excuse me, uh, 
30 to 60 days. And we also provide the same thing, pre and post release services um, that they're able to tap into. Okay. So just thinking about the programming that we have, and it sounds that, um, you know, the way that you described a lot of it is to gear individuals, get them ready to move into a place of employment, um, knowing that many may have barriers to employment. Have you found um, that employers are more willing to hire individuals with records or what feedback, if any, that you have received from employers regarding the employees that they've hired who's been justice involved? Sure. The first question, uh, we have employers that are, are definitely willing, which has been refreshing because a lot of times these individuals are, are just looking to get a chance to, to you know, come out to be able to show their value and what they can contribute to an employer. So it's been great that we've had employers that are willing to, um, to engage and, and bring individuals on and giving them just a fair opportunity to be able to show that value. Um, the cool part about that, I think, um, in terms of feedback from employers, is that they found these individuals to be hardworking, to be loyal, that they're eager to learn, that they're on time, um, and that they, they come to work. And we use that a lot when we, we have an employer that's, that's really um, embraced this um, hiring justice-involved individuals. They use them as champions, um, not only in, in terms of their, their, their colleagues or, or, or fellow companies, but also with their boards and, and employer uh, associations to talk about um, tapping into this untapped Uh, this untapped population and and giving them a shot to be able to prove that they want to work. So tell me this, just thinking about the many years that you've worked with um, young men as well as older men who's who's, um, been involved in the justice system, has it been difficult to recruit them for some of the programs or have them to believe that there are job and career opportunities out there for them, that there are real second chances um, yeah, there's, it's, it's been a mixed bag. I, I think from our lens is that we see the, the opportunity um, from their lens, which we're, we're trying to, to assist with that paradigm shift of letting them know that the opportunities are out there, that there are employers that are willing to talk with them. We're trying to get that, that mind shift to happen because a lot of them have, through, through the, the, the experience that they've had, they've had a lot of rejection. Um, they've, they've had a lot of closed doors. Um, one of the biggest things is to be ready. Um, I know, I, I, and Jose mentioned this as it pertains to um, taking advantage of certain things. We, we try to get them to be ready um, to have their elevator speech, because if the, the conversation comes up about their background, what we try to do is get them prepped for that so that they won't be nervous and that they'll be able to tell this small part of what's happened, but then be able to, to expand on what they're doing from there on out. And then the abilities that they have and the skills and the value that they'll bring to that employer. So it, 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 is, it's, it has been a challenge, but I think we're, we're, we're turning the corner. And, and the, the last part about that, which I think is, is a benefit that we have, is that now word of mouth is starting to spread with those individuals to the point where it may have been a, a, a defeatist type of uh, perception that they may have spread amongst their colleagues. Now these things are starting to say, hey, man, go to Employee Milwaukee. They, they do help. Actually, I got employed through them and I'm still working. So that's been a, a great thing that we want to spread like wildfire, that they that they understand that they, the opportunities out here and that they're live and that they're valid and that they're um, self-sustaining wages and, and opportunities for a career advancement. And that's good to hear because at Employ Milwaukee, we have a little something for everyone, whether you be a young person, whether you be someone who just got laid off your job, whether you're a person who's decided you want to change occupations altogether, whether you've been someone involved in the justice system, we got a little bit of something from everyone because we believe in the power of work. 
we believe in, in helping the community. We want to make sure that people are moving in a direction of self-sufficiency. So I want to thank you, Tony, Jose, and Wilbur, for sharing the insights with us today. It was a pleasure to have you all on my show. Continue to do the good work. I would say, I'm going to go down the road. Are there any parting words that you would leave to our listeners? Tony, I'll start with you. I just want to say, if you are looking for employment, if you're looking for opportunities, please go to our Employment Milwaukee website, adventure out to see if there's anything that's on that website that is of interest to you. And we will definitely connect you to the right resources and the right individuals. Jose, you? I echo everything that Tony just said, but again, I want to reemphasize to to all those individuals out there that um, these are trying times, but don't lose hope. Keep up your hope and take this opportunity to to practice and be ready. Um, review your resume, update your resume. Heck, make two or three resumes that you can feed off of and tweak them from there. You know, everybody talks about um, having that introduction letter, letter of introduction, work on the letter of introduction. We're here to help you. We're here to provide you some feedback or tools. Come see us, come join us, and we'll be happy to do whatever we can to help you out to succeed. And Wilbur, your, your parting words. As Jose mentioned, um, not to lose hope, um, specifically for this population, the reentry population. I, I know a lot of times in them going through the system and the things that they have to do, it, it, it becomes somewhat dire. But I think out of the challenge that, that they have and alongside of what's happened in COVID, there are many opportunities that they can take advantage of. And we're really, really excited about that. So, you know, if there's someone out there listening that that are, you know, is, uh, that are looking for those opportunities, Employee Milwaukee has it. Um, we have a, a, a great deal of, of resources to, to put them to tap into to be able to help them as, as a springboard to, to push them forward into, in terms of what they're trying to do. Well, thank you, guys. And to the listeners that are out there. Um, check us out at www.employmilwaukee.org. That's www.employmilwaukee.org for your training and your uh, needs for putting people to work. Thanks for listening to Workforce Insights, where workforce development is our business. Make sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about Employment Milwaukee, visit www.employmilwaukee.org. That's www.employmilwaukee.org. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next time with a new episode.